Welcome to CPG Vibes. No script, just chat. We talk all things food and beverage and so much more. Feel our vibe and search for CPG Vibes on Apple Podcast or Spotify. And make sure to give us a five-star review. If you'd like to sponsor our show with your product or service or be a guest, email us at cpgvibes100 at gmail.com. Now your hosts, me, Alex Bear with Genius Juice and Wade Yeti. And I muted. Welcome to episode 70 of CPG Vibes. I caught it really quickly. Uh, no script, just chat. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we have a late in the day, which means uh, maybe my brain is not working as well this late in the day. 4 p.m. special edition show on a Thursday, not a Friday. Another reason we changed we changed it from Friday Vibes to CPG Vibes. Um, if you're on the West Coast, you're ending your day with us. If you're on the East Coast, you're having some background music during dinner, background noise, I should say, during dinner. Um, so thank you for joining us on this special time and day. Wade, how you doing, buddy? Good. In spite of numerous te uh, technology challenges, we've pulled this off somehow, some way. I'm, I'm currently without internet. Uh, thank goodness for hotspots. But uh, seems to be working okay, right? Uh, all systems are go. The show okay. must go on. Show must go on. I can hear you loud and clear. I can see you uh, loud and clear. And uh, yeah, everything is good. I've actually, I've, I've hotspotted before on Zoom calls, start engine, you know, just all these different um, just video conference calls. Had one today, worked fine. I was in the middle of Highland Park in LA and uh, no problems whatsoever for a full hour. So I'm, uh, <clears throat> we're, relying really heavily on Apple technology for you to right. stay on here. Um, right. So some things to talk about here, <clears throat> some laundry list items. Number one, if you'd like to be a sponsor for our show, it's really filling up fast. I mean, we had tons of new sponsors way that came in in May and uh, we're super excited for that. Very grateful for your support. And also we get to support you and spread the word about your brand, about your product and uh, make sure people go out there and buy it. And uh, so it's an introductory deal, $350. <clears throat> I think we are booked up until at least mid to late July at this point. So we'd love to start booking those for August. So if you're interested in a sponsorship, make sure to reach out to us, cpgvibes100 at gmail.com. If you'd like to be a guest, we are booked until I think the end of the year at this point, but <laughs> exceptions could be made, you know, at, at the higher ups, at the corporate offices of CPG Vibes. Um, you know, we can definitely flip the switch and get someone on if it's really, really crucial or if uh, timing wise, we have that power. So make sure to reach out to us, cpgvibes100 at gmail.com. Lastly, five stars, 85 now, last time I checked. This, I was going to say, I didn't check this week. How are we doing? Yeah, I checked like on Monday because um, what else, what what better way to spend your Memorial Day on Monday than to check your ratings on Apple Podcast? And I saw 85. So make sure, please, we're 15 away. It's literally, I mean, I don't want you to use your phone right now, Wade, because I don't want to jinx the hotspot. But nope. you literally go to Apple Podcast. You see our beautiful faces for radio. Click on it. Scroll to the bottom. 
five stars. It takes about one minute, but that one minute makes a tremendous amount of difference for us. We need to get to a hundred. We're 15 away. We're already, um, you know, top three CPG podcasts right now. We want to get to number two, eventually number one. So please help us there. Right on. Sponsors, just want to mention them on the front end. We're, we're getting better at this. We're not just mentioning it in the middle or the end. We're mentioning it right. three times, just like breakfast, lunch, dinner. You know, this is the breakfast part of the show. Um, so our sponsor, Wade, you want to quickly... Uh, Shout out. Yeah. So, so the, our, our weekly sponsor is Don. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, because it's, uh, is it a Scandinavian name? I believe if I'm not mistaken, Don, uh, from Neolea, one part of it, right. At least right. The product Mediterranean, Mediterranean olive oils, balsamic vinegars, infused sea salts. So, uh, that's what we're going to be giving away today, courtesy of Don. And I've got to find Don's last name, Colk, T-O-L-K. Cool. I will tag him here. But yep. uh, he, he was nice enough to sponsor us this week. So uh, happy to have him on board. And Neoloa. Yep. Super, super high on olive oil and bals- and like basically balsamic vinegar. Just amazing. Comes in a ceramic uh, you know, packaging really high end. These things probably, I mean, if I had to guess, I mean, if I saw this in Beverly Hills, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll, I'll say that much. It is fancy. Yeah. And it's probably 40, 50 bucks just for a bottle. Maybe it's less, but it feels like it's more from the quality, how it tastes, how it looks. So make sure to tune, you know, stay tuned in at the end of the show. We're going to ask a question, probably something surrounded, uh, maybe about David Delcourt could be about his, you know, yellow jumpsuit could be about Allison Kane and the name of her podcast. It could be about Kenny Hausman and where he's at. So who knows? It could be anything. So uh, just stay tuned in. You can win that prize and pay close attention. Um, so it's interesting. We have one thing I totally overlooked with scheduling this podcast is we have the first game of the NBA finals happening. So what, does that tip off in about an hour? Is it yeah, 8.30? I think it's, yeah, maybe it's 5.30 your time? Yeah, it's, it's the first game is in Denver, right? Not Miami. So that right. actually works to our favor. So maybe it's a little later. It's not East Coast. I was worried about that. So I guess we're going to be pre your pre-tip off podcast before you go and coast into the finals here. <clears throat> so um, we'd like to do some shout outs first because, and this is really interesting. We've had a guest on, like guests on nonstop on the show. Yeah. It's been, right? Yeah. For several weeks. Yeah. And then we have guests after the, after this show as well, going in for more, for several more weeks. So it's really cool then when it's, when it's me and Wade, um, number one, we both get to talk more. We always like that. Number two, we can really delve into several CPG topics that we're hearing in the community. We want to respond to based on posts we've just made. Um, you know, Wade has been chomping at the bit to talk about category review strategy. I mean, I think you've waited like a month just to. Oh, we just we did. It's just on the back burner. There's other stuff that's come up. And just just to have some dialogue, we want to make sure that there's people, uh, you know, where it's kind of a weird time today. But, uh, you know, just just touch on the topic and, and have some dialogue. Some of the stuff that I posted about recently, just kind of kind of uh, what's been on my mind and uh, kind of see if there's any questions and whatnot out there. So. Uh, yeah, we might get into that. Who knows what we might get, what else we might get into, right? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, something that uh, I've been posting about lately. We can always 
chat about just the general challenges of distribution. Uh, we can chat about, you know, what are the strategies to stay in business? We can chat about, I did a, a post today on LinkedIn, um, sales tips from the car. So I was driving, I had my, my phone kind of placed up at the dashboard. So I was looking at the road, but I talked about just, you know, being on the road and selling and going to accounts and strategies and it's not easy, right? And all these things. And it could be great. It could be terrible. It's it's just, it's a it's a long road when you're doing sales on, on the road, I should say. Let's right. do some shout outs. And then I want to delve into all these topics. And then uh, if you have any questions, if you want to comment on what we're saying, we will shout you out during this episode. That's the beauty of LinkedIn Live. So we have Tom Alingo. Hello, all. Thanks, guys, for including me last week. That was such a a fucking incredible show. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Between it started with great Celtic music and it ended with a lot of smiles and like just great knowledge that Tom shared. Brandjectorynow.com. He's been a past sponsor um, over and over again. And it was wonderful to see him, see his face and hear his story on our show. Um, Kenny, now with our new adjusted time, he can make it. Kenny Hausman. Foodland. So what's up, buddy? How you doing? Glad you can make it. And he said, if you're in Hawaii, post-lunch podcast. I see. Yeah, got it. Got it. Because right now it's one o'clock there. Things are a little slower on the West Coast for me right now, mentally. Just end of the day, brain mush. Allison Kane, what's going on? Hey, team. Popping in before Monopoly with my kids. All about Boardwalk and Park Place. That's all I'm going to say. David Delport, <laughs> happy uh, to be here. Great. Good to see you, buddy. Go Nuggets. Also from David Delcourt, Adam Bent. Good to see you, buddy. Gavin Conkle just talked to this guy yesterday. We're talking about just distribution. We're talking about scaling brands. He is doing very well with True Drinks right now, and they're getting into a lot of new stores. So congratulations, buddy. And he's due for some olive oil. There you go. Because you want to you butter up the buyers, right? Or, there you go. You know, butter them up with olive oil, right? Oil them up, oil them up, butter them up, whatever yep. it is you're doing. Exactly. Alex was money this week. Way not so much. Okay. All right. It's Gavin. See, Taking a typical shot. Gavin. Typical Taking Gavin. He buys a house. He buys a house. He thinks he, you know, he's bigger than he already was. So, you know, easy, easy killer. Yeah. You may have bought the house, but Wade bought it before you and he moved in before you. So. It was close. Yeah, it's close. We shared close. some pictures and Shared some stories, so no. Anybody that doesn't know Gavin, Gavin and I, we we have a loving relationship. Mostly, he loves me, but uh, no, I love him too. So yeah. And Kenny, I don't know if that beard's real, real or not. Kenny, that's that's one for the ages. Yep, yep. So uh, we'll see. I guess time will tell. Time will tell. Um, yeah, and then you know, yeah, I love Gavin too. This guy's a he's a grinder. He's a hustler. He works very hard. All right, so getting into it. I want to start with the category review because it's kind of like category reviews are kind of like coming to, are there, they're kind of coming to a close, right? Like spring was the more popular time. Is that right? Well, typically some or yes. Yes. So typically you're going to see, um, you know, a new schedule is going to come out depending on who you are. Uh, you know, we certainly ran late this year. I want to say this year, 2023. Um, but you'll see it come out usually sometime between, I'm going to say August and October for the following year. And then depending on uh, your retailer of choice, 
Um, you're looking at a, a start to finish process can be pushing five months, you know, mm -hmm. from, from, you know, the initial, Hey, here, here's the calendar. And this, this month is when we're starting. And then, you know, you go through the whole process, right? You have, uh, you have your, you send your email out, you have your, uh, you have your meetings, you have this whole list of that needs to happen before the reset actually happens in store. So, so what I'm saying is typically if you're a meeting and call it October, November for the 2024 cycle, you're probably looking at on shelf in March, I'm guessing March, April. And, and most, uh, most people are going to take off. They're not going to touch anything at retail outside of seasonal, uh, seasonal editions, you know, peppermint, mocha, pumpkin, whatever. Um, they're not going to do anything November, December. So, you know, you finish up in October, maybe the first week in November if you're running late, and then it's quiet November, December as far as action at, at the shelf. And then you're mm -hmm. rolling into January after the holidays as far as, you know, going into execution again. So, but um, from a buyer's perspective, you're, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be having your meetings still in October, because what you're meeting in November about, uh, you are, you aren't actually seeing on shelf for three, four months down the road. So it's, it's just kind of a long, tedious process. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a good time to be talking about it because we're talking about it on June 1st and, uh, you know, there, there are the calendars for 2024 are going to be coming up here, I would say in the next two, three months, I would say. Mm -hmm. So, you know, planning your attack, you know, some of the things I've been talking about is, you know, your targets, you know, you've alluded to too. make sure you're the, the right ones, but you do your homework now. And then, uh, you know, there's, there's so many resources out there as far as um, calendars and contacts and all those things, as far as getting that information. So um, is that kind of in line with what your experience is or what you see on your end? Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to organize a really great calendar as you're mentioning with, you're in, it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, it's very simple. You just do it on an Excel spreadsheet. You have all your accounts. When are the reviews? When do you have to submit by? Very, very important. And, you know, um, every week with my sales guy, we go over, we're doing more regional strategy now, as you know, but a year ago, two years ago, um, you know, with Gavin, the other Gavin, Gavin Lindy, uh, my previous national sales manager, um, who has moved on to hop tea, but he, you know, we would meet every week and talk about when is the next review? When should we send these emails? How do we make sure not to annoy buyers? Right. You know, how often should we follow up? Should it be me? Should it be Gavin? Who has the better personality, right? For the buyer, who's a better match. So these are all really important things just to plan out in advance. And then obviously, you know, like you said, picking the right retailers. And like I did this post, yesterday, which um, I mean, I call it viral. I'm kind of taking a liberty with that. It didn't go viral, but, you know, I got maybe 20, 25,000 views, a couple hundred, you know, likes, I think 50 to 60 comments. That's to me in my book, that's, that's viral. It's viral. That's it's viral. viral. It's viral. It's, it's a CPG viral, you know, it's more in the community viral um, that you just got to be really, really fucking careful about how you choose your retailers and also when to say no like I've been in meetings, you know, and I've traveled to these meetings, right? Like I flew out there and like it took, you know, two, three days from there and back, plus all the expenses in the hotel and, and travel and food and all that. I'd be in these meetings where they're like, yes, we will take it. But 
there's a free fill. And I'm like, well, certain retailers, yeah, I, I'll fold and do a free fill because it's necessary. It's what needs to be done. The retailer, you know, treats everyone the same. Everyone has a free fill. But if there's a retailer that you're not 100% confident in that you're going to get a return on your investment on that free fill, and you feel it's going to go okay, the velocity is going to be okay, but you know, you may not see your return. To me, it's like, it's pretty clear cut. You are in business. You want to protect your margins. You want to protect the sustainability of your business to stay in business. So if you need to say no, then say no. <laughs> and you can always come back to them in six months or a year. A lot of entrepreneurs, and you've seen this way, they're in a hurry to grow. They're in a hurry to grow. They got to take advantage now because if they say no now, you know, maybe the, the door is closed forever. No, it's not. You can come back in six months to a year, either when you have more brand awareness or it's a better fit, or maybe it's never a fit and you just don't enter into that retailer. So I think like that's a really key mistake that a lot of brands make, which costs them a lot of money. And then they launch with too many SKUs. I mean, that right. was also in my LinkedIn post. It's like, you know, like the three SKUs. Okay. Like to me, the poster child of launch success and they're a competitor to ours, but I, I shout them out is Koya. Koya started with three SKUs. Okay. Harmless Harvest, who's another really deep competitor to us. They started with two, I think the coconut water and the big size and then the small size. That was it. Eight ounce and 16 ounce. Koya did the same thing. They had uh, coconut almond, so testing my memory, vanilla and cacao bean, those three. And they launched nationally in Whole Foods to test it out so that if they lost or didn't do well, they're, they're hedging their bet, right? They're not losing out too much money if they have 10 SKUs on the shelf on their launch. So I think that's a key mistake. And then someone else also, and I'm going to go to these comments here, but someone also commented, don't go outside of your vertical as well. Like if you're really well known, Lemon Perfect is well known for lemon water. Don't go into lemon bars or lemon meringue pie, you know, stay within your vertical, you know, just blow out each skew individually to get more sales out of those skews instead of trying to add more skews to get more sales. That's not the way to grow revenue. The way to grow revenue is with existing skews in existing accounts and really strategic new accounts and I'll leave it there. Right. Yeah. No, no, you, you hit on a lot of good points and um, you know, it, it's the things we talk about week after week after week with regards to, you know, just knowing your brand and, and, and doing your research on where you want to be and, and crawl, walk around and all those things. But um, you know, as far as, as far as skews, it, it, you know, I always use, and I, and I've, I know I've said it on the show before and I'll, I'll say it a million times, but uh, I always use the uh, baseball analogy and so much of this business is, you know, whether it's relationships or whether it's trust, uh, you know, and trust is hard to come by um, in this business, unfortunately, because, you know, the old, uh, the old, uh, you know, you, you, you have to earn it, right. You know, it's not given, it's earned or, or what have you. Um, but, you know, if you don't have a, a relationship with, you know, I talk about setting samples and how to that etiquette as far as all that goes, but um, you know, when you do have that relationship or you're, you're starting to build that relationship and um, someone, someone uh, presents something to a buyer, right. And, you know, Oh, this is going to do, you know, to your point, you got six SKUs, right. Instead of, you know, you know, in your head, three of them or four of them are going to do well. Right. And the other two, it's just being greedy. Right. As far mm -hmm. as you, you, you want them on the shelf. 
And but but the, the thing is, is where I get back to the analogy is um, I'm like, you know, talk to me about home runs, you know, and, and triples. But, you know, you can't tell me that every item or every everything you bring to me is going to be that. And if the more up, upfront and transparent you are with me, the more that I'm going to reciprocate on that and, and give it back to you and be like, OK, uh, you know, I, I you know, and, and scratch my back, scratch yours, that that sort of thing. I mean, it, it that all comes in time. But when you're first making your play, to your point, you know, if you're trying to sell in five, six skews, um, you know, it's like, you know, crawl, walk, run. Right. I mean, which ones are going to perform so that you can come back in six months or a year and say, exactly. hey, we've, we've done this. Now I've got these, right? I mean, but you got to prove that point. And, and instead of going in and trying, whether it's greed, whether it's uh, ignorance or just not being familiar with the process, if if you come in with six and you end up getting two or three cut, uh, it's it's going to be harder to swap out those two or three that you're cutting because you didn't perform on them, right? And mm-hmm. so, but if you go in with three and they're all performing, it's a lot easier to justify a line extension, right? I mean, it's a lot easier to say, hey, these three are doing really well. Can we talk about the fourth? Can we talk about this and, and go that route and, and off shelf and all those things. But if you're going in and just, you know, swinging for the fences and you, and you strike out, you know, with, with what you've pitched, then, you know, that it takes a while to rebuild that. It does. And you, you lose a lot of trust and brand equity um, and relationship equity, in my opinion, with, you know, the buyer and the retailer, because you're sitting in that meeting, right? Like, you know, six months prior when you first pitched it before the next reset saying, we have all the confidence in the world. This is going to do well. We want to put five SKUs in. We want the big brand block, right? A lot of brands talk about that. We need the brand block to succeed. But I look at it where like, you don't need a tremendous amount of SKUs to have a brand block. I see um, companies where number one, they hustle. So they have salespeople in the field and the right regions and they have two SKUs or three SKUs. But guess what? Those SKUs are doing so well that the retailer expands the facings, right? Because it's going to run out too quickly. Like one, one facing of a really hot selling product, you're going to run out, right, Wade? And then you're basically going to be losing sales. And then got, your team has to go to the back, restock it. That takes more labor, more time. But if there's an extra facing or two facings, now they got three facings of each SKU and there's two SKUs total, six facings. So it's like, you know, and it, it will never run out. You get great sales out of it and you get great brand exposure. So I think like it really comes back to basics. That will this product sell well in the store? And if it starts out with only two facings, will it sell well? And once it goes to three facings, four, then you start kind of uh, getting more and more momentum. Um, the other thing, which is, I think, really key in having less SKUs out the gate, is you collect data from the retailer as well. Like, what is doing well? Like, what right. type of flavor does, you know, something that goes into Harris Teeter uh, versus Publix versus HEB could be totally different flavor profiles, or it could be something, or one flavor profile does better in a certain region than another region depending on the retailer and the demographics and the shopper or the benefits, right? What are the functional benefits? So I think like when you release two to three, you get the data you need to say, you know what, in my next meeting with the buyer, even though we're going to stay in there, should I be pitching any more SKUs or should we just should stay with what we have? And, but if we're doing really well and it looks like people are really liking probiotics and this chain, 
okay, let me do another probiotic skew, right? With a new flavor or something for more variety. So like right. be, it all goes back to the crawl, walk, run. It all goes back to being patient and not being greedy, right? Like you said. So um, I do, there's a bunch of comments and some questions for you, Wade. So I'm going to, yep. we're, we're running behind because I think these types of topics really strike a chord. And that's you right. Know, call, uh, call the neighbors, call the neighbors, wake the kids, uh, text your friends and tell them to jump on here. You know, we're talking important stuff, right? Exactly. So yeah, fi fire them at me, Alex. I, I won't look over here on the side. I'll let you fire them at me and uh, we'll, we'll figure this out. Okay, great. So uh, some comments first. Um, we have, we were talking about just, you know, picking the right retailers, not just being all about volume and growth. Who wants growth, right? I'm just being facetious there a little bit, but truthful in other ways. Growth can lead to bankruptcy if not done the right way. So Allison Kane says op folks, ops folks want volume too because they want the volume discount. So like the CEO and the sales side is being constantly pressured from the ops side to say, you know, if we order another container of this raw material, we'll save this much money, you know? And that's right. where the sales side needs to push back and say, well, if we do this much, if we make this much and try to go into too many retailers, we could lose our ass <laughs> and pay all this money in promotions and free fills and TPRs. And now we're not profitable. And now our margin is down to nothing. So there's a balancing act there for sure. David Delcourt, Alex Beer, Post and LinkedIn and Great Brother. Of course, I'm going to show that one because stroking my own ego. All right. Kenny Hausman. And this is important because Kenny is a buyer at Foodland and he was a previous buyer at fresh time as well. So he has a ton of experience in this field. Uh, and this is from coming from a buyer, not a brand. Mm -hmm. That's what's really important here. And he says, man, personally, do not subscribe to the one size fits all free fill. Key. I wish more buyers were like this. I'd much rather see a small brand spend that cash on marketing to grow the brand, right? Now this could be difficult to execute upon, to execute upon depending on the retailer's size. But if you plan and work, if you plan and work the plan, that will drive success. I mean, like it's like the things we do, but do not say, or the things we say and do not do. Um, right. This is really key that so many brands would benefit from shifting some of that cost. Maybe not all of it. Maybe it's a compromise. <clears throat> some of it's a marketing instead of just a big ass slotting fee. Right. Or just right you know, but I know every retailer is different on how they operate and it's not a perfect world. <clears throat> yeah. And I think, I think some of that, some of that also depends on, you know, your, your particular retailer is and, and how they, how they market those funds. Right. I mean, is it going into cost of goods um, on their P and L is it going to cost of goods? Is it going towards marketing? Um, you know, there's a lot of different variables there. Um, so I, I don't disagree with him as far as prescribing to, uh, that one size free fill fits all. Um, but you have to understand also that depending on who you're talking to, if it's a buyer category manager, it might be out of their control because they're the person that's directing them or their organization as a whole might be saying, this is what, this is what it takes, you know, and they yeah. have, they, they tow a hard line. So it's the same thing on, on the slotting side for a distri distributor. I mean, it could be the same thing. I mean, it's, you could have the nicest, you know, and I, I don't know what's about being nice, but you could have the, the, the best category manager in the world. But if their organization demands that they charge X for slotting it, it's out of their hands. Right. So there's, there's yeah. a lot of different moving pieces there. And it's important that you know that going in. Um, and the thing that I say time and time again is, 
um, you know, between LinkedIn and just the community in general, there's so many resources. And, you know, I, I talk all the time, you know, we, you look at the list of people that are in this chat right now um, and every one of them has a story to tell. And most of the people that are in here right now aren't competing with each other. Those are the people that you go to and say, hey, Ali Kane, what's your experience with this? You know, hey, Alex Bear, what's your experience with that? Hey, Gavin Conkle, you know, and go work with, you know, now, are you going to go to Harmless Harvest and, and Koya and ask some advice and, you know, and things like that? Maybe a little bit different depending. But, um, you know, if you're a frozen pizza, there's nothing wrong with asking about, you know, uh, a smoothie. Right. And, and, and getting some of that feedback from the people the buyers, the distributors and things that you're, you're dealing with, because that's that's what it's all about. It's the relationship, right? Exactly right. And you're mentioning, you know, the other, the other, you know, there's always two sides to it, like two sides of the story as well, where, you know, whenever you approach a relationship or a business dealing, you see it from your standpoint, you see it from their standpoint, and you see it from an, uh, an objective audience standpoint that, you know, a jury, let's say. <laughs> And so what I do see also is that retailers, they need to make a certain amount of money just to stay in business. They have overhead, fridges, labor, warehouses, trucks, some that self-distribute, a lot of overhead, a lot of people, a lot of personnel. And so when they're bringing a new brand in, that space is so valuable, right? That shelf space, like basically the higher ups are saying you need to make a certain amount per square foot in these stores, right? It's like center store, right? And so like part of the reason I think free fill exists is like, you know, they're taking a chance on the brand to do well, because if it doesn't do well, they're losing an exorbitant amount of money because it's six months, right? It's not, it's not quick, right? You know, it's not one month or it's three, three months minimum up to six months the products on the shelf. And if it does not perform, you're stuck with it, right? For several months and you're losing out on money. So I think the free fill, I can see it from the other side too, um, which is it's uh, hedging the bet from the retailer side. So it's kind of like, I see both sides of the story, which is the beauty of the show. Right. right? Uh, we can right. go back and forth from a brand standpoint and, and a buyers. It's like the odd couple. If you go back a few years, right? Exactly. Yeah. Felix and Oscar. But the other thing, and I know we got to get some questions because there's some good ones here. Yes. Um, and, and we probably need, we probably should have, you know, put this out there because this is going to be, this is going to be a good one. Um, but, uh, the other thing to think about is, you know, you mentioned you, you hit on everything you said is spot on. The other thing that you didn't touch on is, is your, in theory, most of the time, if you're getting, if you're getting new placement on the shelf, you are taking the place of something else that is coming off the shelf. And oftentimes that, that free fill is, is an offset to mark down that other product mm. to, to help offset, um, you know, depending on where you're going, um, you know, I, I've, you know, there's a lot of places, especially on the conventional, in the conventional world that uh, have like an end cap or a bunk or something where they, you know, a little thing next to the bathrooms where, you know, they have stuff that's been discontinued and it's marked down to get rid of it. But more than likely there's been some kind of, you know, loss on the retailer's end as far as, you know, I paid four bucks for it and I'm selling it for two bucks. So how am I going to, you know, offset that? So the free fill kind of, you know, when you factor in uh, what you're getting rid of, you're getting on the shelf and, you know, in this day and age, you know, uh, the broker community, I remember back in the day, uh, I'm dating myself, but, you know, the cost of the advantages, those big, big companies in the world, 
you know, they had people in the store two or three times a week. They were looking at new items, uh, helping cut them in and things like that. You don't see as much of that anymore, um, at least on, and I say I'm smaller, but uh, I'm guessing if I went back and talked to uh, the companies I've worked for over the years and say, hey, did so-and-so cut this in for you? They're going to say, no, we did it ourselves, right? And so that's the other piece is when you're talking about labor, mm-hmm. you know, and re- reconfiguring the shelf, the section, all those things, you know. So it's, it probably sounds like I'm, I'm pushing for free fills, but I'm just trying to put that perspective that it's not just about a money grab. There's a lot of other things that are going into thinking about, you know, that placement and all that stuff. So exactly. And I think like, you know, we'll get to the questions, but I just, uh, it also, as you strengthen your partnership with the retailer, I've seen this happen where the, the likelihood of free fills goes down, you know, as well, because the retailer is comfortable with your brand. They know the product's going to sell. So if they release this brand new SKU, they're like, this looks really good. The data is pointing towards this is going to kick ass. There's maybe some wiggle room there, right? Behind closed doors, right? And uh, depends on the retailer. Again, it depends on the brand, depends on the retailer, depends on the timing to say, hey, you know, why don't we use that money for marketing for this brand new SKU? Or maybe I'll do some ads in your mailers or something that goes to your customers to get them to come in the store. So I think like from a brand standpoint, it's always good to negotiate. It's always good to push back a little bit, but also recognize that there are limitations and there's also a certain way that retailers are doing business to stay in business at the same time. Right. So um, let's let's go to some of these questions. I'm just getting lost here. I was, so, was going to say there's a lot of questions back further. There's a couple back further, I think. Yeah, let me go. If you find it, let me know. I'm going to go further down from Kenny's I'm, comment. Well, I know, um, um, I know uh, there's some question about mcbs it was from, uh, yeah yeah and that's uh Matt, do that matthew one. matthew deboard um so uh so he had one before that i'm gonna I'm, let me do that there it is um, so he's asking about mcbs take from suppliers reach retailers like like tfm ultimately their customers so um you know and i think kenny or somebody chimed in underneath that and, and kind of gave a little bit of feedback and i'll just piggyback off what they said so um typically with mcbs um that's more often than not at least on my end that's something that's been negotiated with whether it's a broker or a brand directly so and if that happens that's 100 well i won't say 100 because that's that's not necessarily true but that's almost always going to be passed on to the, the end customer, the end consumer. And um, the the depth of what percentage of that is just really dependent on the retailer. I mean, you know, in, in the conventional world, um, you know, if it's a one-week promo, um, you know, or, two, or a, two, a one-week promo with a one-week buy-in, um, they're probably going to take, give a little bit on margin to, to encourage, encourage, you know, movement and sales. So, you know, if my regular margin is 25 to 30%, you know, I might be willing to go, depending if it's a front page item, I might go underneath 10%, but if it's, you know, it's in the middle of the ad or on the back page or something, maybe, you know, give up five points or something like that. If it's a TPR, just a shelf tag, more often than not, that's all, that's going to be, you're going to try and be margin neutral or perhaps even pad margin a little bit because you have to look at your mix, right? So you've got, you know, you've got, here's your target, your, your margin goal, right? And so what I just said, if you have a weekly ad, you're going to take a margin hit and, and, and say, go 10 points down 
to to drive people in with sticker shock or something. And then you've got your regular retail, which is X percent of your sales that's here. So your TPRs. So to blend your margin to get your ultimate goal, you have to you have to massage the TPRs, the weekly ad. Um, and again, I'm talking about a conventional setup here, weekly ad TPRs and your regular retail to get to that desired result. And that desired result um, usually lies uh, right at that regular, regular margin, whatever that target is. And so your TPRs, you know, that are just bib tags and things like that are, are going to be right at or slightly above to help offset what you're giving away on that weekly app to drive customers in the store. So what I will say though, uh, Matthew though too, is um, I have certainly uh, been places where that they haven't passed it on or they are choosy about what they pass on. Maybe if it's, um, it has to be a minimum of 20%. If it's not 20%, we're not going to do anything with it. We're just going to pat it, you know, because again, and, and you can argue this or till the cows come home. And, you know, if it's, if it's 10%, you know, by the time you generate a, a bib tag, the labor hanging the tag before, you know, the uh, when you're hanging, when the sale starts, when the sale ends, you know, all that involved. It's like, OK, am I really doing this for 10 percent? And really, what kind of discount is that ultimately passing on to the customer? Um, but then the other piece is, is that um, that I've seen is is the and it's no more prominent now than ever is the is the labor aspect. Right. I mean, you have so many hours to accomplish and so from a priority standpoint, again, I'm using conventional background because that's that's kind of, you know, we can I can change it if, if anybody wants to know. But, you know, when you look at your prioritization, you've got your weekly ad, right, that drives your business and that changes every week. And it's your hot things that are driving people in the store. So if you're hanging tags and signs, that's your first priority is to make sure whatever your ad break is Monday, Wednesday, whatever day of the week it is, you getting those signs up, those tags up for the new stuff taking the old ones down, that's your first priority. And then behind that um, is, is your, your TPRs and things like that. So oftentimes what I see happening is, you know, maybe they've passed on that discount, but from a prioritization standpoint, and also from a, just the hours of the day, how long it takes to get that other task done, maybe they aren't getting to all those TPRs, you know? And so maybe they aren't getting up there as fast, but uh, I also know people that, you know, uh, notoriously back in the day that um, when when uh, the conventional world was going through a big EDLP push to try and offset Aldi, Walmart and things like that, um, there were certain retailers who weren't competing um, either like uh, what's the word? Logistically, they weren't they weren't in right right next to Walmart. So they didn't have to pass on those on those allowances. They were just like, well, Walmart, the nearest Walmart's 30 miles away. Why am I going to pass on all these deals? I'm just going to mm -hmm. have my margin. So I, I it, you know, I've seen it all over the board and it's, it's, um, but I, I can say, uh, you know, the other thing, and I, I touched on it a little bit with the, with the labor piece is just, you know, if you generate a thousand shelf tags or 2000 shelf tags in a month, you have to think about how long it takes to hang every single one of those. And so there, you know, I, I, I have been in spots where, you've had to prioritize either are you prioritizing by category or are you prioritizing by brand? Or are you prioritizing by discount? What have you to say, okay, I've got 2000 potential deals here. What am I passing on? And what's the priority? So there's, there's, there's a, it's a pretty bottomless pit if you get into it. So that's just, just some thoughts to, on yeah. his, on his questions. So.
Yeah, there's definitely a lot more to the story on just the labor. I mean, it keeps coming back to the the labor aspect. And I think a lot of brands and salespeople, when they go in stores, they have no idea how much labor is done to get that end cap or to reset this cooler or to put the tags up. And so like some retailers, they're trying to circumvent this by doing electronic tags. Um, I see Whole Foods doing that, you know, where like it's electronic. There's some system. I don't know exactly how it works. It still has to be manually done, but it basically auto-populates under one brand. Let's say there's three SKUs of Genius Juice. It goes from 569 to 449 on sale. The tag, the letters turn red, right, on the tag instead of black, this, this white electronic tag. And then it shows the, the new price and it shows a sale. What I don't like about electronic tags, just to go totally off, off topic, I'm sure you know I'm going to say, Wade, you can't tell it's on sale. Nothing right. beats that yellow drop down tag that gets people's attention. And there's plenty of data, plenty of data. If you look at, you know, even Whole Foods has the data. Amazon has it where if you have electronic versus paper, paper wins every time. It's tangible. You see the drop down. The color is brighter. Um, you see it from far away under the store lights, all these things. This is why uh, Costco does not go to electronic tagging uh, ever. It's always a big piece of paper and a little plastic placard. Very old school, but that's how they do it. And it works really well. Um, I wanted to uh, also just comment on the on the uh, retailer helping and sharing because we have a lot more questions to get to, but I, I just have to mention this. <clears throat> Usually what I've experienced as a brand, the more extreme the discount is, the more likely the retailer is going to help. I think you said to yourself, if it's like 20%, 15%, eh, you know, I'm going to pad my margin. I'm going to make sure it's margin parity. I'm going to get my 35, 40, 45%. But if the brand is like, you know what? We need to do a big push because, you know, it's, it's the summer. We're selling whatever, you know, watermelon water, whatever it is, right? Something that's great for the summer. And so with that, you do a BOGO deal or a really deep discount, and then um, the retailer co-ops it. They lose some margin, but it lets the price go down even further. Uh, hopefully, I'm not boring Wade to tears because right now it looks like he's sleeping. <laughs> but I think his, his screen froze because he's on a uh, really janky internet. So I'm going to keep going through the, the comments. Uh, I put my co-host to sleep here. This is the beauty of live and what makes it so fun. All right. So, uh, and we lost Wade. He's going to come back. So how, Allison Kane, how negotiable are conventional slotting fees? I'm going to leave that to Wade um, because honestly, uh, with Genius Juice, we have really stayed away from big conventional accounts, but Wade is all about uh, conventional some other shout outs from Gavin Conkle, Matthew DeBoard. I know some retailers take it and pass it on. Others don't and bake in the margin. Again, like when we did a uh, promotion at Publix, you know, BOGO deals in the past two, three years ago, they would co-op it because even though uh, their margin is going to be lower, right? They go from a 40% margin down to 30% by co-oping the deal and getting that retail price down many more units are going to move on a BOGO or a 30 or 40, some deep cut promotion versus a 15 or 20%. So at the end of the day, um, the percentage is lower, but the gross profit and the sales are higher. 
So that's where it makes sense for the brand and the retailer really to um, partner up on this. So what else? What else? Um, I'm just passing the time until Wade gets back. I think he's back. I'm adding you back to the stream. There you are. I, I disappeared. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was good for my hotspot for a minute. But yeah, well, what was what was funny is when I was talking about co-oping, you know, BOGO deals, deeper cut discounts where retailers can help. You went like this, and I think you're you're close your eyes to nod and agree, and it froze like this. You know, it's funny. It's funny is I thought I thought it was you that because it, it dropped and I was I was listening and and then it just went it, and then I couldn't get back in. So yeah, I, I thought I, was, I thought I put you to sleep. That's the, that you know when you nah. rewatch it, what rewatch it. It's, it's, <laughs> I saw I because I have two screens open. I saw right. on the one that it was frozen. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I'm trying to get back in and and it's just it's a little wonky getting connected with the with the, yeah with the Bluetooth. But, the new, uh, the new home, the new home, uh, new uh, the, the new home, first world problems. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. It's what I miss. What I miss. All right. So I was just going through some comments. I basically um, just talked about co-oping and how if it's a deep cut promotion, then uh, retailers are more likely to come on board, right? Like a BOGO. And then uh, Gavin Conkle, I'm, we're just going to go through a lot of these questions and also comments because we're way <laughs> behind. Uh, Matthew DeBoard, I know some retailers take it and pass it on. Others don't. Uh, Allison Kane, this is from Gavin Conkle. Some I work with are strict, others will knock it down, but not a lot of wiggle room. And especially in these times, I mean, profit margin, gross margin is more important than ever. Um, people are spending less on certain premium goods, especially natural specialty. So a lot of these natural specialty stores I'm going to see, we're going to start seeing, in my opinion, and are already are seeing, they're padding their margins a lot more to make sure that you know, they're getting what they need to stay sustainable, especially like a public company, right? That reports to their shareholders. Right. Um, so God, yeah, a lot of the comments from Gavin, there's another one. There's like, they'll help take care of you. Okay. So another one from Kenny, I got to read this one to expand on Gavin's point. Each retailer handles them differently, but if we're talking standard publish publishes off invoices, these typically get back to into margin, depending on that, the model the retailer has cost plus versus cost minus. If we're talking custom MCBs that you negotiate directly with a buyer, that's enhanced with a standard OI, usually leads to price reduction. That's why building a direct relationship is key. And that's, I think like OIs are great for one reason, one reason only, just to get that EDLP. Like every single bottle or package that's sold from the distributor to the retailer is on discount. And that's a really clean way to do it as a brand, if you know you have margin to give, which is most most brands don't, or you feel like, hey, I'm going to be cutting my margin, right? The, the, the brand's margin from 37 to 32%. But guess what? I'm going to sell so many more uh, uh, units to where even though I'm losing on margin, I'm winning on revenue. And actually you're winning on gross profit, right? right. Because you're selling enough units. And that's, that's a calculation. That's an exercise as a brand owner you should do or a, or a VP of sales. If our price is at 499 and we have this margin, if we go to 449 or 399 and I'm, is that going to move the needle? And if it does, what are the new sales projected to be? And ask the buyer, what do you think the new sales will be based on this price reduction with your customers? And if you do the math, you get this many more units, even though you're losing margin, 
at the end of the year, you have more gross profit. It makes a lot of sense. And the other thing, part of that question too, is brands are also baking in MCBs and OIs to their price, right? So they're selling price to distributors. So, and that's becoming more crucial now than ever with all these discussions on LinkedIn about these national distributors, about all the chargebacks where, you know, most brands now that I'm talking to are baking in minimum 15 to 20, like 15% to brace for different chargebacks and fees and distribution fees, um, freight billbacks. So that's ultimately weighed also driving up retail price as well. Well, I think, I think that comes back to kind of my example with, okay, so if, if I have a margin target is here and I've got all these different price types with, when you're talking about TPRs and weekly ads and, uh, regular retails and items that I'm marked down to get rid of and et cetera. And, but I still have to hit that overall goal. I've got to blend my margin to get there just like you do on the brand side, right? You have to, okay, so here's what I want to sell it at, but I know I'm going to have to do this and this and this and this and this. So you've got to put all those pieces together and say, okay, X percent of my sales are going to be at this cost. And then I'm going to have this come off and this and this, you know, whether it's discounts or any of those other things you mentioned. So you, at the end of the day, still want to get back to whatever that target was. And and it's up to you. You have to have to do a good job of managing that to make sure that it works out in your favor. Exactly. And as a brand, you know, Wade hit the nail on the head. Do not sell yourself short, just like a retailer should not sell themselves short. They need to pad in appropriate margin commensurate with the risk of bringing a new brand or the risk of doing all these end caps, the risk of all the labor that it takes to reset a brand or put sales tags on. It's the same thing. I'm very passionate about this for a brand. Start out higher. Just start out higher. Like as long as the price isn't ridiculous, like you're not pricing yourself like at, you know, an orange juice for $9.99. But if you're an orange juice at $4.59 instead of $3.99, to get proper margin to cover your cost basis, to cover for promotions and TPRs and the shit happens in this business and a, you know, uh, a pallet arrives and it's out of temperature and you have to send it back to your where like all these shit happen scenarios plus standard fees of doing business with distributors, pad that in. Don't be afraid to get a higher price because, you know, I mean, Wade, you've said it a lot. You can always go down, but it's hard to go up with price. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's the number one thing that puts businesses out of business and CPG is you start too low because you don't realize what all the deductions are going to be. You just don't know until you know. And then you also are under pressure to be competitive. And again, if you're going to a retailer and presenting and they say you have to be at 399 to be in our store, to be competitive based on our data, because this orange juice needs to be at 399 and you say, 459 is the lowest I can go so that we're sustainable. If it's a no, then don't drop it to 399. Just walk right. away and say, you know what? Once we get more economies of scale, this is the brand talking in a year, we do some scale, we'll come back and we're hoping we'll get it down to 399 and we'll resume the discussion. Um, right. So some other comments here. Um, I'm just going to blast through these. Gavin Conkle, I love retail, just better balance where I'm at now. I was uh, 247-365. I know, buddy. Uh, Kenny Hausman, again, totally understand, Gavin. My previous comment was tongue. Okay. They're actually talking between themselves. All right. So another one, LinkedIn user 
this isn't a response. I, I don't know who it is, but I think that's did. that's uh, Matthew again. This is Matthew DeBoard. Yep. This is in response to the discussion about free fills. The conversation assumes all the items in the category are, are all selling well and winning. A free fill compensates for taking a winner off shelf, but that is not accurate. Categories have a typical bell curve of items. There are always items that are not performing in the category. Taking a dog out of the set and trying to a new brand is better for a better is a new brand is better for the category. So it's again, yeah. seeing from both perspectives. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Um, okay. David Delcourt, take care. He's dropping off a couple more comments here. And I'm also going <laughs> to, it's funny. Louis, Luis Aldoberto, welcome to our show. Imagine if he actually fell asleep. Remember, it's seven o'clock. I was just going to say, I'm pushing eight o'clock, and I've been up since about three thirty. So uh, I, it would yeah. not be out of out of the question for me to fall asleep. But I've I've been known to have a spell of uh, narcolepsy here and there. But uh, thus far, knock on wood, I haven't done it on the podcast. So. Yeah, if if you fell asleep on the podcast, I would have to really reevaluate how I'm talking because <laughs> uh, that's the. You do have that voice that just kind of lulls you to sleep, you know? It's just, it uh, is. Yes. Yes. It does. Yeah. My, my baby go. boy at home here, all I have to do is talk and he sleeps. There you go. That's it. That's it. Um, so we are coming up on the hour here. Just wanted to reset the room really quickly. If you'd like to sponsor our show, email cpgvibes100 at gmail.com. Um, it's an introductory rate, $350. We mentioned you in the beginning, middle and end. We have hundreds of people that are on here live, all you know, flipping in and out during the show. Plus you are um, on a legacy sponsorship on our Apple podcast, which is permanently on our channel on Apple podcast that gets replayed thousands of times a month. So make sure to reach out to us if you'd like to grab a sponsorship spot. And we also will wear your swag if it's a product that we real that we can eat during the show. We will eat it during the show or drink it during the show. Because we'll, whoever whoever we pick for a sponsor, we gotta genuinely love your product, right? Absolutely. We gotta be behind it, passion passionate about it. Um, okay, so uh, let's. I think next segment, right? Let's get into stuff we love real quick. Sure. All right, this is stuff we love. I think you already know what mine is. I yes. found found this finally, and shout out to. You know, coconut colt because they you're like, oh my again. So <laughs> I know you're just it's late in the day. So uh it, but you're like, man, this guy fucking loves coconut colt. So they just opened up their new facility in Utah. Utah, yep, yep. Congratulations to Ari, to Noah, to the entire coconut colt team. And now we're gonna see these shelves. It's amazing where there's so much demand, it's hard to find it, but the retailers are like we're not gonna just take it out because it's a great seller and we know it's coming back. We know they're going through growing pains. Right. And Ari has done a great job of keeping that relationship warm with all of the retailers to say, you know, I know it sucks right now. I know it's challenging. It might be out of stock, but guess what? New facility open, operational. We're gonna start filling those shelves immediately and the sales are gonna be bonkers, right? Because there's all this pent up demand. So I, yep. I, I went to just the idea of that I went to Santa Monica co-op, right? In Santa Monica, California. I don't know if you've been to that store, Wade. I haven't. I haven't. One of the most amazing co-ops It like, it's kind of like on par with like Rainbow Grocery okay. co-op in San yep. Francisco, like very yep. local, like old school, like you go in like regulars that go there every day and swear by them. Everyone has their, you know, their 
their uh, tote bag, their Santa Monica co-op tote bag. They have their own membership. And there was four jars of coconut cold, 16 ounce, and they were $16 each. And I grabbed three of them. I, le I left one, but I spent- that was, that was nice of you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not an asshole. Like I don't, what's with all the greed, right? And so, but I just snapped them up because it's been sold out there for over a month and a half and they got it in. So nice. uh, grabbed it. So that's coconut cold. That's my stuff we love. And I'm going to take a spoonful while you talk about yours. All right. Well, uh, I, and I think I have talked about, I don't know if I've talked about this particular product. Um, we've talked about the brand before, but uh, I've got, uh, you see that? That's that's the um, the honey the mon manuka yeah manakora, and so these are really cool because uh, I don't know if you can see inside there but they've got the little packets right they're little on the go pre uh, pre dose so you can just grab it throw it in your bag whatever uh, thirty packs in here and uh, Wait, crystallize it's um like a powder crystal no no it's just uh it's just uh, honey inside a pouch oh, you just tear okay. it and pop it you're good to go it's nice. Just, yeah, so you know, if I if I want a little burst of energy, like just you know, that's what brought me back to life when I fell asleep. No, uh, no, if uh, you know, if like for me, I don't have a huge sweet tooth, but every once in a while, it's like, man, I want something sweet. Like that's perfect, right? Just a little, you know, twenty-one calories in that little package, and uh, you know, I don't Google the benefits of honey if you don't know, you know, as far as especially uh, manuka honey. Um, so it's. Uh, it's it's convenient. It's it's portable, um, and the brand, it, it, you know, Michael Bell, the the team over there, just just great folks. So uh, you know, I, I, we talked about uh, doing the mud water with the cream and honey and stuff in there, but this is this is great by itself on the go. So good stuff. Cool. I'm definitely going to buy some of that. It's on their website, Montecora, right? Yep. Cool. You can post that in the comments. I'm going to go on there and buy some because I yeah I have my. The ritual we talked about the rising tide the mud water and the honey good stuff good stuff all right so that is stuff we love let's shut that off and get to our next segment which is thursday freebies not friday we have to change that but here we go <laughs> it's going to say friday freebies friday freebies okay so i will go into the permanent sponsor first well the weekly sponsor is neolia with don Tolk. Mm -hmm. Uh, we probably butchered your name, but let us know if that's correct. And then our long-term sponsor, who we love, um, it's Luke Abbott over at V Driven. He's a CEO and founder of V Driven, and they have provided uh, just uh, very generously a part-time vibeman that's really helping us. You know, you're starting to see some beautiful videos, our LinkedIn company page, updates there. You're seeing um, someone actually respond for once our cpg vibes email because god knows me and wade couldn't do it <laughs> so keen our wonderful uh, vibeman at cpg vibes has been doing a great job and she does all the editing of the videos herself it's pretty amazing so she's she's the the whole package she's awesome we love working with her so v driven is a cpg partner for emerging purpose-driven brands they fuel growth and innovation by providing strategies and support on every phase of the retail journey. I'm salivating from that coconut cold. It's hard to talk right now. <laughs> uh, I just had one spoonful or two. and That's I all you need. That's all you need. Super satisfied. Um, just like the Monocora. There you go. From, from leadership coaching, brand management. They do deduction fighting. They're like deduction fighting crusaders. 
to help you get a bunch of money back that that will pay for them right there. Just fighting deductions. Uh, they have a leadership team with decades of real life experience in all key areas. Luke also ran his own distribution company for over 10 years, and then he sold it to a large national distributor. So he knows his stuff. It's Luke.Abbott, A-double-B-O-double-T at bedriven.com. And they have a great sales team. They know a lot of buyers. Luke takes them out to dinner pretty much nightly at this point. <laughs> so he has a great, great relationships there to connect the buyers with your brand, get you in the store, get you on the shelf. Be driven. Definitely. And our weekly sponsor, as we mentioned earlier, is uh, Dan Tolk with Neolea. And so the little blurb I have for them is... Uh, they are giving away a set of Mediterranean kitchen essentials by the Greek brand Neolia, including their award-winning extra virgin olive oil, aged balsamic vinegar, and three infused sea salts. So I think one, uh, Alex, you'll have to help me. I think one is a, uh, a truffle. Um, do you know what the other ones are? You know what? I use them so quickly. I didn't even pay attention, but I see. Yeah, I, I can't, I, I can't remember what the, what the sea salts were. I'll find it. I'll find it. But yeah, so that's that's what they're giving away. The balsamic, the salts, three sea salts, and an olive oil. And and Alex said the presentation on these things is is just great. It's it's uh it's you know like a ceramic, uh it's just very, very nice. Um they have different flavors, so I'm not sure which three they will send, but they do a they have a porcini, uh they have one that has uh, citrus flavors. There's just a plain sea salt. There's a smoked sea salt. There's a Mediterranean herb sea salt. Um, so I'm not quite sure exactly which ones he's sending, but rest assured, whatever you're getting is going to be good and just high quality stuff. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's good stuff. Um, I don't know, did you put the link up? I've got it ready. If you don't, uh, I did not. I've got it. There Go it is. Do that. Boom. 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 Yep. All right. Um, I'm gonna make the question easy because brains are getting fuzzy at this hour. It's been a long day for most, I think, for anyone that's in this. <laughs> Every day is long, but fun in CPG, right? That's right. It's demanding, but very rewarding. So my question will be very easy. I think there's going to be an onslaught of people answering this. What state did uh, Coconut Cult open up their new uh, production facility? Ooh. If you haven't seen it on LinkedIn you you know, or heard us here, you definitely... Saw the post on LinkedIn. What state did Coconut Colt open up their new production facility? And there's a bonus just for bragging rights. Where is their first facility? City. Tell us the city and state. Okay, Tom Malingo got, I, I just knew Tom was going to get it, you know, because he's in that whole Arizona, Utah, New Mexico area, you know. So it is Utah. So you get Zion Park. You got two wonders of the world out there, Zion Park and Coconut Colt. That's all you need out there. <laughs> all right. And you can do it together. You can be hiking in the mountains while having Coconut Colt freshly delivered from their new production facility. That's right. All right. And, and then just for bragging rights, Jeannie Gregory, slow. Exactly. And I know, I know you know that because you work with them with a zero standard and they supply you. So, you know, it's coming from slow. That's San Luis Obispo. I've been to their facility. I, I got a really quick story, Wade. But it's, yep. um, <clears throat> so I ran into uh, the Coconut Coal team at Expo West. I met Noah for the first time in person. Big guy. Big guy. Yep. He's like, follows me. 
long hair. He looks exactly the same as he would on social media, you know, the, the beanie and everything. And I said, man, um, I went to your facility, right? Like on two days before Christmas, cause I was traveling up there with my family and I went to pick up some product there. Right. Cause I couldn't find it. And like, I got to go straight to the source. And that's my old alma mater. I went to college at Cal Poly. And so he looks at me, he's like, let me guess. There was no one in the front. You could have just walked right in and stole whatever you wanted. I'm like, yep, that was it. <laughs> I literally walked in. It was like, yeah, I think the day before Christmas, no one in the front. I mean, it was secure on all the sides and everything, but the front office, it was like a ghost town. <laughs> and they had this life-size jar. It looked like this. it was five feet tall. I almost stole it. I'm like, this would be so great to steal. But uh, I didn't because I'm honest. So uh, anyway, that's my story. I did go there. I saw their their original production facility firing on all cylinders. So many online orders like that were ready to go out. It was crazy, Wade. I, I, wow. Busy, that's really cool. That's really cool. Order. So that anyway, that's my coconut gold story. Um, next week, we have Dima Mararu with Guru Energy. Who's our sponsor. As our sponsor, that's correct. Our guest. And our guest, I flipped those, is Tyler Watson with Dano's Seasoning. So, yeah. And do I have to say anything about these guys? They're larger than life. Yep. Yeah, they got the Kentucky spirit, right? They're from Kentucky. Uh, you can see this guy across 10 rooms. That's how much energy he has. And then our sponsor is Dima, as mentioned, Guru Energy. And it's going to be, uh, I think we're, we're uh, back on for Friday, 2.30. Everything yep. looking good from your side? That's, that's looking good on this side. Cool. There's a slight chance we may need to move it on my side, but we'll We'll, we'll roll with the punches. We'll roll with the punches if we have to. You know, what's interesting, and, you know, you know wait, oh, my goodness. I was trying to, uh, I was trying to pull up some facts about, uh, about Danos, but they have on YouTube, and I know TikTok is kind of their fame right now, but they have almost 800,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, and Insane. they're, you know, I mean, their videos are just, they're all over the place, right? I mean, if you look at it, I think, uh, you know, I'm sure Tyler can help us with some numbers, but, you know, every single video they put up gets, you know, seven, you know, seven, 8,000 views on YouTube. But if you go to TikTok, I, I'm pretty sure they've had several that have gone over a million. Am I right about that? Do you know? I would say I, I haven't been on their YouTube, only their TikTok, uh, probably over a million there, definitely on TikTok. They are blowing up. It's just founder's origin story. It's the founder cooking meat and using their their seasonings. Um, and I want to also thank Tom for the anniversary wishes. Thank you so much. It's my me and my wife's uh, sixth anniversary uh, coming up in early June. All right. So I think Wade froze again. So that's a good time to segue to the end of the show. Thank you so much, everyone. We will catch you next week, most likely on Friday, 2.30 p.m., 5.30 Eastern. Again, if you'd like to sponsor the show or be a guest, CPG Vibes 100 at gmail.com. Introductory rate of $350 to be a sponsor. Mentioned on the show three times, plus on our Apple podcast, plus on all of our promotionals on LinkedIn. So make sure to reach out to us for that. Have a wonderful weekend and take good care, everyone.